I don't see him yet. But... It'll just gotcha. all hear the ding ding. And we can go as I only have an hour on here, so mm-hmm. since we're five minutes in, we can go as little and sure. as long as you can. It will cut us off at a certain point, and that will make it that will make <laughs> yep. it easy for the we end we like to have hard in sure, on. nice and easy, just boom gone. Uh, ew. Day. I tell you, your T-shirt is cool. I'm looking at your uh, our merch. Uh, yeah, that. Which one? Cool. The uh, the blue one. The one with the uh, well, it's I'm not sure. What, it's just kind of a grayish. It has the uh, one. Oh yeah, that's our that's our ultra. It's like our secondary branding. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. I, I mean, I like your logo too. Your logo is sharp. Yeah, we had a. Uh, yeah. yeah, with the uh, the midnight. Rider. Yep. Paul Revere. It's actually not Paul Revere. Well, I mean, I yeah, I I didn't think it was since you're in well, Delaware. Yeah, but we got a lot. We got actually got a decent amount of blowback on Twitter when people found out that we were named the Midnight Riders. A bunch of Massachusetts people had some things to say about that. Ah, well, they're from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Oh, those massholes! Those massholes. Well, let's get let's get it going with you at first, and then if Fasil shows up, we can we can go with him. Let me give it. I told him he's going to have to download the app, but. I just did it through Twitter. Like when I, uh, I clicked the link in the Twitter conversation, you know? <clears throat> yeah, that's what, that's where most of, most of that. Okay. Uh, all right. It's, it's good to be back. It's the subs bench. As you can see online, we have changed the, at least the Twitter handle and the, I've gone anyway. It's Stephen Brandt. Hey, how we alongside, doing? Um, Duffy Alberson is always. And, you know, obviously with COVID still being around, we're not going to be going on as much. I mean, teams are back. The leagues are back at this point. But at a certain at a certain point, I'm going to we're going to get bored of <laughs> talking to each other. But I we were originally planned to yep. talk last week. But fortunately, you guys have seen it now. I kind I had I had to keep this under wraps. I showed up on beyond the pitch with um author interview about my book so i had to at the last second tell okay duffy and dave i can't be on or you know I'm you're doing, doing something, something big yes yeah, that is big yeah what well what's just funny is duffy knows this is my first my first podcast i listened to back in 2009 was beyond the pitch yeah, i think that was one of the first ones i listened to and too back I've, when i uh started listening to podcasts yeah. when I discovered what they were. Yeah. 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 So I, Phil and I are good friends. I know Juan Arango quite well. So we go back and forth and he texted me going, Hey, Steven, do you want to pop on? I'm like, yeah, by all means. And it, he's like, I'm going to have to do it at the last second. And when we're, when we're done doing it, he goes, Oh, yeah, I forgot your your Wednesdays now, man. All good. Anyway, we're talking. We're talking. Yeah, we're talking to the first state FC Midnight Riders, and we're talking to the owner. And when I was reading on this, Dave Holloway, is that you guys are it, obviously it's in Delaware. It's not one of the real well known 
hotbed, I would say, but I liked kind of the press release you guys had out on the NPSL site. It's, it, it looks like more like a lot of people that have roots in the community instead of a bunch of kids that, oh, I like this soccer stuff. I'm going to start it up and then like a year later, we're going to go miss it. Yeah. Uh, I, and obviously that was intentional. And I would say that there are to, to sort of unpack uh, the, the lead in there, uh, number one, Delaware for a long time, I would say, at least nationwide. <clears throat> I, I mean, look, there's the there's the famous what uh, Wayne's World skit. I'm in Delaware, right? Because like who knew who knows where Delaware is if you're not from like the mid Atlantic. So it's people don't can't find it on a map, much less talk about the soccer quality around here. But for those that are from around here, this this region, and I'll, I'll sort of include Delaware and a little bit of southeastern Pennsylvania and central Jersey, this region has been a hotbed of soccer for decades. You know, central Jersey's, you know, your Tony Miola's, your John Harks, um, Tim Howard's a Jersey guy. Like, central Jersey was a breeding grounds for soccer talent for generations before this one. Um, and, you know, they're not that, that's not that far away from here, right? You can drive 20 minutes and be, and be in New Jersey and you go a little bit farther north and you're sort of in central Jersey where all that was popping off. Southeast Pennsylvania has, um, you know, FC Delco is a very famous like youth system that um, Kyle Martino has talked about on, on air before and things like that. But, you know, just a little bit about Delaware, um, you know, because we're right in the mix there, right? We're five, especially up here in Wilmington, we're five minutes from the PA state line. You go right across the bridge 10 minutes and you're in New Jersey. So we're all kind of packed into this little area. And there are some really good under-the-radar soccer things happening here. Uh, there's a Division II school, Wilmington University. They got they have a kid who played uh, on the Jamaican national team at the Gold Cup a couple years ago. They had Division II's nationwide league. who's a British kid. Um, you have a high school here that has won something like six or seven straight uh, champ, uh, wow. state championships. So, I mean, there's really some, there's university of Delaware is, is an established program at this point. They knocked off, you know, UVA, the number one seed a few years back, actually, when, when our coach Chibza was still on the team. So there is really some, there's really some, uh, some heat here, um, that you might not know if you weren't paying that close attention. But once we did start paying attention, it was like, Oh, wow, we really don't have to go very far to find really, really good soccer talent. It's right here. That's always nice when that happens, when you can just get it out of your backyard because, you know, sure. you already have that, you know, you have, they probably know people who, you know, follow. It's kind of like, you know, uh, base any like pro team or semi-pro whatever sport that can draw from the local community. It's just, it's just that much more automatically engaged in the community, which sure. uh, it's a leg up, you know, as opposed to trying to sell something foreign, you know. Absolutely. Something, you know, civic pride or whatever, uh, region pride, you know. Yeah. Com for us, it's, com works. you know, for us, yeah, for us, it's the state. For us, it's our community. Um, you know, li like you said, not a lot of people know too much about Delaware. And so I wasn't born here and I wasn't raised here. I came here as an adult. Uh, work, you know, work took me here and I've been here for, I guess, almost 10 years now. And so I, I have a little bit of a perspective on Delaware as an outsider and things that I think are interesting. But, Delawareans are very proud to be from here, 
right? Like they'll tell you, I'm not from Baltimore, even though that's a huge population center. I'm not from Philly. I'm not from New Jersey. I'm not from Baltimore. I'm not from DC. Even though these things are, these are the huge cultural centers that surround Delaware and Wilmington, but they'll tell you I am from Delaware and that like means something to them. So it's, it's important, this idea um, that we are representing this community and this team, because there are a lot of people here who really like soccer and the closest thing they have is the Philadelphia union, but, but, but they're not Philadelphia, right. That Philadelphia doesn't represent them. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think it was important for us to step in and, and kind of plant a flag in the ground for we are Delaware, you know? Yeah. And especially at the grassroots level, I mean, if you're going to make a, make a run, uh, you have to have that community, um, you know, cause all the, you know, yeah. up here where I live, you know, Snohomish County, Snohomish County FC and other, you know, pretty much stay, get all their players from the local colleges. Cause we have a lot of small colleges in the Seattle area that are, you know, within like 90, a 90 minute drive, you have all the players you ever want to want to need. You don't even have yeah. to leave. You don't even really have to leave either the King or Snohomish County and you have all the players you want. So, um, you know, so I think, especially at the grassroots level, if you can build that base and then you can, you know, build your, you know, your fan base and, and your supporters and all that, uh, you already, you know, you're ahead of the game, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you need that leg up. And especially yeah, having Wilmington. Yeah. And especially having Wilmington there, that's putting team, putting players into the gold cup. I mean, you, you get the advantage that a lot of NPSL teams don't have. Like, I mean, my local NPSL team is FC, but mm-hmm. is FC Buffalo. And while we have, you know, the, you know, the SUNY system, there's a lot of players up here, but to have that qual- high quality by you, that's got to, that's got to really help when you're planning when you were originally were you originally planning yep. for this? Yeah, we were. So we've been, this has been in the works since early 2019. Um, we sort of got together and decided we were going to take a run at this in like February of 2019. So we had already been working for a full 12 months. We had gotten our application together, you know, got all the things you have to do to get a team stood up. Um, we were grinding and grinding for 10 months ish um, before we sort of felt like we had, um, we were in a good space to really launch, you know, you have to get your branding done. You have to find a place to play, which is such an immense pain. Let me oh tell you, yeah. ask any NPSL <laughs> managers, owners, whatever, they'll tell you field space is such a pain. Um, you know, then you have to figure out your tryouts. Where are you going to get your players from? I had to find a coat. Like you have to do all that. So we were grinding for about a year. Um, hey, look who's on. Yeah, I just saw that. Chibs, uh, hear me? Yep. Welcome. Yep. We can hear, we can hear you and see you. Now, obviously we're talking about with Dave, the upbringing of the team. Now, obviously, Fasil, you're coming in here as the coach and you play, you, you had played with Ghana. What was it like to come into such a new uh, For me, it was a uh, very huge, uh, cultural experience for me. Um, coming from, uh, you know, somewhere completely different than what it is now. Um, I came in with an open mind, and uh, I did learn a lot in the beginning. Um, but overall, I think uh, it was a positive experience for me that I've added uh, to my library. So I did enjoy my experience. And 
But what made you pick Delaware out of everything? What, Dave and Vasil, what made you two click together? Because obviously someone playing for the Ghana and you, James, there's a wide world of stuff. And not to knock Delaware, but how did you get to meet to get to form So I'll, I'll start. So I'll, I'll also mention um, Chibs is currently an assistant head coach at the University of Delaware. So I'll let him tell his story about how he got to Delaware, but he was a player at University of Delaware and then went on to be a coach. And I got introduced to him through the current head coach of University of Delaware. So it just so happens that, you know, we live, what, 10 minutes apart from each other. And that was how we got connected. Um, but I'll certainly let Chibs talk about how he en- you know, went from being on a, a U team in Ghana to, uh, to being in Delaware. Chibza. Chibs, are you still there? Oh, he probably... Well, it says he's still here, so. So I wonder if that, so does that same thing happen, like if you leave the app, or does it kick you out totally? Usually it kicks you out totally. Um, yeah. Or maybe we just made a I was, I was too, I was too articulate. Well, he's, yeah. he'll kick back on, but that's, that's the thing. That's obviously it's good that he's a, um, a coach with um, Delaware because that's a that's a good enough that's yep. a good organization that's a good university there, go. there there we go there's Chibs uh, so how, we were going in and I don't know if you heard it before you left how did you get from Ghana to being a coach with um, Delaware Maybe something's up. Oh, well, nah. that's yeah. a technology All for right. you. We'll circle back to that. Oh. Circle back to that yeah. question. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, before Chips came on, you were talking about where you were going. So, um, starting with something and getting field space was not fun. When you guys were going through designing mm-hmm. everything. What, I mean, you guys have some really attractive stuff that's up there. What, how much fun was that to look at and go, this could be fun to look, um, be fun for people? You mean specifically with field space or with, with any of it? Well, with any of it. I mean, at, looking at it now, is it much better than what you kicked oh, it I, yeah, I, It's tough because we haven't gotten to play a game yet, you know? Yeah. like it, it's it's We had a vision of what things could be like, and – they were starting to come together early this year. You know I mean? So we had attended, for example, you know, we had to apply to the league and get a whole, get a whole application packet together and jump through a bunch of hoops back in like summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. You know, we get admitted, we get, um, you know, we have to go down to like the, the, the yearly meeting and, and kind of meet everyone and learn about what all the other teams are doing. And these are a bunch of teams that have been doing this for years and they have all these great ideas and they're crushing it. And we're so jealous because we don't know what the hell we're doing. And we get to, you know, early 2020 and now we've got our tryouts and players are starting to come in and we're starting to get a good core of guys and we're rounding out our coaching staff and we've got a field and all that cool stuff. And then COVID hits. So, so I can't answer what I, what, how reality compares to what we thought it was going to be because to this point, we still haven't played a game. I will say that it was pretty awesome. We had, we had a couple open tryouts and then we had like a sort of an invitation only tryout. And it was really cool during those open tryouts, seeing a hundred guys, you know, we have a coaching staff of four or five guys there. We've got media there taking pictures. 
Um, everyone's wearing our, lo- our our shirts with our logos. People are, you know, busting their ass to, to, you know, make an impression on a coach. So it was really cool standing on the sidelines and watching it all come together, you know, and, and knowing that you had sort of built something that people are kind of fighting over, but, but we still haven't, we, we still have, you know, I, there are higher mountains to climb, you know, cause we just, we're just at the beginning really. So do you think the, the forced, uh, delay is you think that you can build on that or is that going to be a, a bit of a, of a pain or is it still uncharted water i would say overall it's uncharted chibs uh what's up hey guys oh there we are he's back yeah so i'm trying to connect through the app but i'm, I'm having difficulties i can only use so, the twitter link yeah, yeah. so whenever but you leave take me to the app itself yeah. And so then whenever you like do anything else on your phone, it's going to kick you out. So you got to stay like in this screen. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Yeah. You, you can't be, you can't be the young kid that's going to go through everything and be smart because I tried that many times and I had my phone like on the other side. Of the room. <laughs> I'm not even looking at it. What we were wondering with you as we were going through this is how do you get to Delaware of all places? to start start um, this journey so for, for me uh i knew um my who's now my boss ian hennessy at that time when we were speaking he was the assistant coach at uh boston college um so that's where the conversation started um and then uh just when we were out maybe halfway through he got the job at delaware so then he moved to delaware um so then the plan was for me to go to a D2 school for a year because at that time he was trying to figure out what uh, the scholarship packages all were at, at Delaware. So I went to uh, Carson Newman um, for a year. Mm-hmm. While I was there, I still kept in touch with Ian Hennessy um, when he, he came to Delaware. So I played a year at uh, Carson Newman, and after that, I transferred to, to join Ian in Delaware. But uh, before... Now, do they have, I'm not sure how that, you know, like in, in Ghana, do they do like a combine? I mean, just as a play for players, because I know uh, we had a player up here that was drafted back in 2010 that I think he was from Michael Tate and he was from Ghana, if I'm not mistaken. And, and I think he had went to a combine of some sort in Ghana and ended up in a, uh, in a college in the U.S. I can't remember the college now. It's, he's going to kill me, <laughs> but um well, we lost yeah. them again. Yeah. Hmm. All right. This yeah. is going to be like a, I'm trying to think of like a movie where like the timeline jumps back and forth. <clears throat> this, this. It's actually just yeah. like the, it's, there we go. He's disappearing and reappearing. It's, almost, it's Oh, it's like yeah. sliders almost. <clears throat> so you're back, Chibs. <laughs> yeah. So I think I have to find a way to keep my screen active. <laughs> Anytime. Oh, no. You have yeah. to turn off this. Yeah. Yeah. Any Change the. Uh... Goes off, it goes off. So. Yeah. Oh, well. That, well, what Duffy was saying is um, he, he, Duffy is the one many years ago at this point, the former um, Seattle Sounders fan of the year. And uh, why don't you get back into well, that? Well, um, because I'm not question, sure how, uh, you know, because they get a lot of. Uh, college players from Africa to come to USA colleges. And I don't know if they did like a, if they do like a combine, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if the NCAA runs it. I, I doubt it. But somebody, I think, might run it. And then they, they try to find scholarships for players. I know because uh, one of the Sounders way back in 2010, I think it was 2010 when he got drafted, was uh, was from Ghana, Michael Tate, if you're – and I think that's how yeah. he had got to the U.S. because he he had found uh, they they found a scholarship for him and uh, yeah. he came and played. So, yeah. so I think uh, th- this whole thing started um, back when we had a professor who was teaching in Ghana uh, at the time, mm-hmm. and then he moved to Virginia Tech. He became a professor there, and then somehow he got in touch with uh, the then coach of Virginia Tech, Oliver Weiss. Mm-hmm. So he, Oliver Weiss, was actually, I'd say, one of the pioneers that started um, bringing kids from from Ghana and, and Africa. So Oliver came down, and that's when I met him for the first time um, through this professor who was then teaching uh, at uh, high school back in in Ghana. Um, and then, you know, Oliver came down, saw a few players uh, playing in the high school, what you would call like a high school game, yeah, yeah. Uh, similar thing back home. Um, and then he brought two players uh, with him. Um, and then one of them, Patrick Nyako, who went on and played in the MLS, he played with uh, Chicago Fire and then later moved to DC United. Um, so after that, that's when other coaches start realizing, okay, there's maybe more talent here in, in Africa. Um, and then several coaches just started uh, making that trip down there. So now it's gotten to the point where uh, some people have set up agencies where um, they're kind of similar to what you have here. They, they look at they recruit high school kids yeah. into tournaments, uh, into games, um, and then make videos and then send it over to to the high um, college coaches here. And once that have the budget, uh, do go down and, and watch them play. Um, I'm very fortunate here in Delaware that every year I get to go down um, to these high school games. And now they have college games as well that they play to recruit some of these kids. Um, so that's where we are getting most of our kids from. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what, what's your view of now that you're doing this at the grassroots level and you're not really with college and how you're going to, because you're going to have to be hands on with everything with this. Is this just another step or are you looking really forward to whenever you mm-hmm. guys get to do a season? So is that for chips or is that for me? Oh. <clears throat> for both, but I'll give that one to chips uh, first. Okay. Uh, you may have to repeat that again. I, I missed. Yeah. 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 That's uh, it's no problem. I was I was wondering. Uh, obviously, you're gonna you're the head coach for an NPSL team. It's a very very cut and dry. You're basically throwing the balls out there and starting mm-hmm. practice yourself. How are you looking at this as the growth for yourself with with the club? For me, again, it, it's another opportunity here uh, to continue to uh, develop myself as a person and as a coach. Uh, at the same time, the opportunity to work with kids that really want to grow their game um, and move on to the next level, which is the professional ranks. Um, so I think it's a win-win situation uh, for everyone and for our club as well. We thought, look, this is probably the right time to find some sort of sport that can bring everybody in the community together 
including the players uh, and the owners uh, and the fans as well. So uh, if you look at it in, in general, I think it's a win-win situation for, for everyone, including the players, uh, the community, uh, and myself as a coach. Does the MPSL do a fall season, or are you guys just going to play in the summer? Uh, or are you still – is that still up in the air? So it's been the subject of, um, I would say, a considerable amount of internal discussions at the NPSL uh, and, and amongst the owners. There is a um, – there they are never getting rid of – there's no plans to get rid of the summer season, but they're looking for other ways to kind of maybe add competitions. Um, it's actually like uh, – I'm you know, you guys are involved in lower league soccer – some of the more interesting stuff is like in the nuanced tidbits that like drive like uh, owners and like practitioners insane. Right. Like I can't tell you how long the conversation was at the owners meetings regarding are the playoffs going to be in one place or are we going to make people travel to other places? I mean, it was like heated, right? Because like when you're at the lower levels having to travel like four hours or having to travel 10 hours is a huge deal. Yeah. Having to like get on a bus twice versus get on a bus once is a huge deal. So to that end, there have been a lot of conversations regarding a fall season. Um, and, and uh, you know, all these conversations also necessarily loop in the U S open cup, right. With yeah. like the Lamar, right. Which is a huge deal, but there's lots of, there's lots of drama around it because oh, they're God. pushing the, they're, yeah, you know, they're pushing Don't the early rounds on that. <laughs> they're right. They're pushing some of the early rounds earlier because they're letting more MLS teams in, which means players can't use their college player. Like it's a whole thing. Yeah. So imagine all those, you know, all those conversations are percolating. And then on top of that, trying to figure out we want to have a fall season, but how do we make it happen? You know, for a team like for a team like us, and I don't know what it's like, you know, FC Buffalo, I don't know. Some NPSL teams are, are heavily relying on college talent. Others are not for the teams that are heavily relying on college talent, which we are yeah. doing anything during the, the, the school year is, is nearly impossible. So, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out maybe what we can do about that right now. We are not going to be playing in any other competitions other than the summer, the, the classic summer season, but we identify that there is a real movement to add a, a fall season to this. And of course, for us, for the players, for the fans, more games is better. Yeah. Right? Like every oh, like everyone oh, wants more. So we'd like to make we'd like to make that happen. There were just some logistical some issues that we're trying to iron out, but the league is trying to 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 get some buy-in on a fall season of some kind. Yeah. Now and I love the teams that use the college players because A, the one complaint with college soccer is they don't have enough games. Uh, and I love mm -hmm. uh, I'm speaking of a guy who who loves college soccer. I had season tickets to two college soccer teams. So uh, it's, it's a bargain. It's one of the best, the cheapest form of entertainment you can get. You know, for me, it was the tickets were, you know, $5 at the door. Yep. Uh, you know, but, and it's great soccer, but the one complaint they, well, they don't have enough games. And so, and, and granted college just tried to address that with their little, their little spring season that they have that's kind of informal but it's uh you know it's a short season but having that that option for those players in the summer mm -hmm. it's like the cape cod league for but for soccer exactly you know? exactly you know and 
the more options these players can have, the better. That's that's how I feel. And and for you, I can understand as an owner, uh, these leagues, you know, all these, they have to, you know, because this country is massive. I think you have to do a regional thing just because the travel mm-hmm. <laughs> is Which, it's yeah. crippling. So, I mean, that's what I think that causes most teams to go to go to struggle is the trying to find a place to play that's not going to gouge mm-hmm. and then trying to get to games without going bankrupt. Well, and that's, so what's good about, yeah, that's what's good about Yeah, that's what Well, that right, but that's what's good about the NPSL is that you know, there are obviously a lot of lower um, leagues trying to fight it out, right? Like Nisa came on, like kind of made a strong push to, and now they're obviously like what we'd call a, D, a D3 team yeah. um, in the pyramid. And I, you know, I have some opinions about that, but with what, you know, you have a lot of regional leagues and you have, you know, you have the UPSL, you have the NPSL, you have even more regional, you have some leagues that are only in, existing in their one state, like Michigan yep. has one, Florida has one, Carolinas one have here. one. Yeah, Carolinas have one. Um, but the good thing about the MPSL, and honestly, one of the reasons that we were happy to join when we were shopping around and trying to figure out what we could do, is because there are so many teams, you can do everything on a regional basis, yeah. right? We have, you know, we're in, we are in, you know, what um, is now, I think, being called the East Region, but we're in the Mid Atlantic Conference where we have, you know, all. S- six teams in our conference are within like what, like our farthest trip is like five hours. Right. And we don't like that trip, but, but like, it's fine compared to like a 10 hour trip. Right. We can still go and come back in the same day. Um, when, before that we were sort of going to be in the, um, Keystone conference where we had Philly was 45 minutes away. Um, Atlantic city was an hour 45. Everyone was in, was within two or three hours. So, You can't do that in a league that has – if you're in a league where there are only 20 teams nationwide, you just can't do that, right? Yeah. The good thing about the NPSL is that it's big enough that you can have regions where no one is traveling all that far, or at least if you're up in our region. So mm-hmm. that's actually one of the things that attracted us to the NPSL, and it's one of the things I think they do best. I also think that might have been one of the reasons why the Hammerheads kind of had their demise is, like you say, just the cost of, of travel and doing business. Because uh, I – you're talking about the other Wilmington, team. right? Yeah. Well, weren't they in Delaware? Oh, yeah. Or no, no, no. They were. That was the other Wilmington.